Hi, welcome. Thank you for tuning to Life Plus Up with your host Kevin Yang. For all the listeners, Life Plus Up is a podcast dedicated in making your life better by achieving success in three core components of life: personal, financial, and career. In each episode, we'll be bringing some of the most positive and inspiring news, followed by introducing programs to help out with personal finance. We'll coach you some professional skills to help you advance in your career, and be your resources for a better lifestyle and health. You can find the newest episode every Wednesday by follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google, or much more. At the end of each episode, I will answer some of the questions from our listeners. So if you have a question, please email me or DM me on Instagram, or just by clicking on the voice link listed in the description. Remember, if you find this podcast informative and helpful, please share with someone that you think this can help. So now, let's have a great show. It has been months since the governor's mandate of closing business due to COVID. Even though the city is slowly opened back up, in the past month you have already exhausted all your savings and options just to keep your business alive. Your business has been a significant part of the community. After many years in business, many of your employees have already become your families. You ask yourself. How do I survive this? How do I continue to serve the community? What do I have to do to save my business and my family? Welcome to episode forty-three: How resilience and innovative resurrect businesses and community. An exclusive interview with Emmanuel Imperio, the owner and chef of Fill in Cuisina. A sincere thank you to all the listeners for tuning to our podcast. It's hard to imagine that our lives may have been changed permanently since the start of the pandemic in March. During this unusual time, I want to take this opportunity to thank all the listeners, friends, and patrons of on Patreon for all your continued support and encouragement. Now, before we start our episode, I want to give a special shout out to a very special organization. That focuses on helping communities with real-life business experiences, advices, and resources. The United Activists Unlimited. For over 40 years, this community-based agency provides comprehensive social service, educational supports, enrichment activity, prevention services, counseling, and also trained to inspire, transform, and empower individuals of all ages. Especially during this unusual time, UAU sure has been over and beyond in supporting the communities that they reside in. And if you want to support them or you need their support, please use the link listed in the show description. Now, I will also want to take this time to urge all the listeners to help our heroes in the front line who are still battling this pandemic, which we have not seen an end. You can help by. Providing them a PPE, 
care packages, and resources by simply donate through their link, Thrive Global First Responders First, or simply share the information with your social circle, as it will really help. Now, like usual, I would like to kick off our episode with some positive and inspiring news. Today, our news is brought to you by CNN The Good Stuff, written by Kelsey Smith. The headline is, Ohio newlyweds donate and serve wedding reception food to local shelter. Ohio newlyweds turned their canceled reception into an act of service by donating their reception food to a local woman's shelter. Before the pandemic hit, Tyler and Melanie Tapana of Perma, Ohio, had arranged to celebrate their nuptials in more traditional ways. They had planned a large 150-person party and booked a DJ and local caterers to help ring in their big day in August. But as venues begins to cancel events due to coronavirus, the couple, like countless other with scheduled ceremonies in 2020, had to change their plans. The couple up out to ditch the large gathering for safety reasons and donate what will happen the food at their party from Ohio-based food truck and catering services, Betty's Bomb Ass Burgers, to a shelter. It was really either have the big wedding or donate the food, Melanie told CNN. We were actually kind of excited, I think more about donating the food than being stressed during the wedding. On Saturday, after a small backyard wedding with immediate family members, the newlyweds headed over to Laura's home, a woman and children's facility run by the City Mission in Cleveland, Ohio, to make their donation. Tyler, who dressed in black and white tuxedo, and Melanie, who wore her white lace wedding gown, kept their face mask on and put on the gloves and her nets to serve the food. They served fried chicken, green beans, salad, and mac and cheese to a total of 135 women and children, according to the rich Trickle, the CEO of the City Mission. Something like that had never occurred before, said Trickle, who coordinated with the couple and the caterer to get the food delivered. It was really unbelievable, especially when you think of many of our clients, the women and the kids that are in our building, possibly have never been at a wedding like that before. This couple said that they hope their donation inspired others whose plan had been derailed by the virus. You can definitely get back in time like this, Melanie said. So here at Life Plus Up, first of all, we want to congratulate Tyler and Melanie for the big day. And we want to thank you for your kind gestures. Because of you, a lot of people seem to be able to get the positivity and of course some great food from the Betty's Bomb Asperger's. So congratulations once again, and we definitely wish you the very best. Now, I would like to go ahead and talk about our main episode. As I have been seeing New York City start to open up, it sure saddened me that many of the business that I am familiar with and often visited did not survive. These businesses were the beacons and the builders of the neighborhoods. Over the weekend, I had the fortune to invite one of our fan favorite, Chef Emmanuel Imperio of Phil and Cuisina, to join our show for interview. In our conversations, 
we discussed in length about how COVID impacted his business and the importance of being innovative and adaptable to survive and what it takes to make sure that they continue to get back to the communities. So why don't we take a short break before we get into the interview with Chef Imperio. All right, welcome back. So to all the listeners out there, I know that recently you have been all asking for our fan favorite, Manny, the chef of Phil and Cozina to come back to our show. And after many, many phone calls, we're finally able to do so. So Manny, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Kevin, for having me. I'm happy to be back. Yeah, like for many listeners who are new to Life Plus Up, Manny is actually one of our first guests who actually brought a very interesting topic of intermittent fasting. And today, I really want to invite Manny back again, not simply because that we want to go ahead and show, like what I told our listener earlier, the resilience and the importance of supporting community, but also want to hear firsthand from a business owner who had to really write out the worst storm that has actually happened to New York, which is the COVID-19 that we had to go and survive through this. So Manny, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Great. So Manny, let me ask that mm-hmm. as a film and Cozina owners that right before COVID, everything's looked normal. But when March hits, when the order of closing all the restaurants comes down, no more dine-in options for customers. How did it impact your business? Okay. so. Just across the street from our restaurant, we also own and operate a grocery store, Philam Foods. In our grocery store, we noticed that our sales were a lot higher versus past years, months. And we realized that a lot of our customer base was focused on shopping for grocery food items, preparing themselves for this pandemic. Uh, And so what we ended up doing was we teamed up with the restaurant and we wanted to make sure that whatever it is that our customers needed, we made it a point to, to be able to provide a service in which we can make this transition uh, a lot more smooth. And one of our number one priorities, it always started for us was our employees, all the hardworking men and women who's been with us for since the late 80s, we wanted to make sure that they are comfortable working, uh, but at the same time uh, that we'd be able to, like we've always been very like responsible for their livelihood. And we wanted to make sure that they they felt safe to uh, come back to work. Yeah, and I think that's actually very important because when the mandate from the governor comes down to all the restaurants in New York, we were expecting that is something will only be three weeks, four weeks tough. But as you guys start seeing that month after month after month, the mandate has not been lifted. The phase one did not include restaurants into it. Phase two, it started to including eating out dining and things like this. Like when was the time that you really feel that the business structure has to change? Because I understand that you are bracing for an impact but this impact are still going on right now. So tell me about when did that really hit you that your entire business model got to change? The good thing is our model didn't completely change, but we did decide to pivot to more 
of an online shopping uh, experience. And so what we did was we went along with New York by voluntarily closing when Cuomo decided to close uh, all the New York City businesses, uh, restaurants. Uh, but we decided to take that time, not just to close, but prepare ourselves for when we do open again. And we developed a website in which our customers were able to see the products that we offered uh, and they were able to make their purchases online and we were able to process uh, all the payments that, uh, that way. Uh, in addition, we started to add a lot of the catering items, uh, all the cooked food items onto the website so that customers can, can make those purchases as well. And ultimately, when New York started to open up, once phase one uh, started, we ended up turning and converting that website to a more online grocery delivery service. And I think that's one of the services that we currently offer now that has been such a big help for a lot of our customers who, you know, might not feel as like safe enough to be able to come into our grocery store. And uh, that's one of the things that we are currently working on to continue to improve uh, the services that we offer, not only through cook food items, but we also help customers send boxes of uh, goods to the Philippines through a courier service in which they can, boxes uh, are sent via sea, uh, sea cargo service. All these like services and products, we've been offering them on our website. And so far, so good. So it's very important when you say that you want to provide an environment that's easy and safe for your customer, especially that when the COVID first started here in New York, we see news about death and also rates of hospitals, more infections. People just overwhelmingly getting really scared to go down. So <laughs> at that particular time, how do you give the confidence to your patrons and also your customers that you are able to provide the help that they need? Well, we made it a point to be first a lot more stringent when it comes to our cleaning practices. Uh, we made it a point to really listen to our customers to see what it is that they were looking for uh, in which we were able to you know, give them products that they would be confident receiving. Uh, and so, of course, we started with more of like contactless delivery in which we are just simply dropping off the bags onto the front of their doorstep. Uh, in addition to that, if customers wanted to do the whole curbside pickup, we also offered that service as well. And we just made, it a, made sure that we not only protected our customers who are predominantly in the healthcare profession, but also our employees with proper uh, social distancing space and all the protocol that goes along with being able to open the grocery and the restaurant. I think you make a really important point is to really take that extra part to make sure you provide a really safe environment for not simply your target market, but also for your employees. But it must not be so easy, right? Because I will assume that with all the business being impacted with the mandate from Como, that there has been some financial pressure. Tell me about when you had to go ahead and take on all those pressure, but at the same time, the sales is not 
catching up to sustain the livelihood for your employee? What did your business do to make sure that you put them in front of your business? Well, one of the things that we did, the first thing that we ended up doing was applying for the PPP loans as well as the EIDL loans. So we were able to receive that from, from the city right away. And we were able to use that accordingly to help our employees and our business. So many, as I already know, the Philippine Cuisina is not simply just a traditional Filipino restaurants and grocers. You have also been a really an icon for the community for Stinton Island, especially Filipino and Asian community. There are things that you guys carry in your grocery store that you cannot find anywhere else. So what is the, the importance of keeping the restaurants alive and also showcase to the community that you are standing there just to make sure that you guys can get that normalcy to your clients? It was really important for us to continue to stay open and to continue to provide for our community, mainly because the vast majority of the people who are living on Staten Island, they don't have any other Asian option in terms of grocery store. So we wanted to make sure that we were able to provide them with familiar items, uh, such as you know vegetables, those produce that you can only get through the you know Asian Asia at the Asian supermarket. One of the things that we wanted to make sure that our community was always fed, and I think we we were able to join certain initiatives like NYC Filipinos and as well as uh, Feed Your Hospitals, these organizations uh, in which we were able to also contribute cooked Filipino foods uh, that we were able to send directly to the frontliners uh, at the hospitals. I mean, we made, it, we made sure that our community uh, knew that uh, those whom were in- impacted, those families that, you know, we were there for them. We unfortunately lost a few of our uh, customers, uh, but luckily we've kept like a very strong community up to date with everyone through just a, through word of mouth. Everyone was able to have that sense of community because they knew right away the people because of how small Staten Island is. And of course, for all the listeners, if you don't know that a lot of the frontline workers, especially Connie Island hospitals, in Stanton Island Hospital, in Brooklyn Hospital, are really Asian descent or Filipino communities. And many, your restaurants have done tremendous help to let those people out there who work overtime after overtime, a sense of home by providing food that they are familiar with and growing up with. So I think for all the, on the behalf of all the community in New York, we really thank you for doing that extra mile. Yeah, thank you. Now, one thing that I know is that we have been friends for a long time, that there are a lot mm-hmm. of aspiration that you have for your business and also new business plan right before COVID. Now, mm-hmm. all those have been put on pause. Can you tell me about the impact of how this transformations and events impact your overall aspiration? Well, we've always had this vision, first off, that we want Filipinos who are living in the States, who have moved here, who have immigrated here, uh, to feel as if they're still at home just because of how easily accessible it is to get Filipino food and, and as well as groceries. And the goal, honestly, is to hopefully one day be able to open 
you know, open restaurants uh, across the country. That would be, you know, that's really have always been our vision to be able to, to find those pockets of Filipino communities in which we can uh, serve. With COVID, we're noticing that a lot of these commercial spaces are starting to go down in price and, and hopefully we'll be able to find a location uh, in, in, in the Bronx actually is where we're currently looking. We've been working like, with the uh, Small Business Development Center of Staten Island uh, in order to hopefully get an SBA loan to eventually get a space. And what you say over there is definitely very important because I understand that you are saying that a lot of commercial rents are going down, more vacancy are coming up, but it's very hard to go ahead and find those opportunities because we don't know what the future holds, right? Because I see that a lot of food court or permanent food court that was just recently opened in Manhattan all got shut down. So mm-hmm. would those type of things affected your long-term inspiration on moving into those areas? Or do you think that it's time for you to evaluate a different model, like expanding your online business? You know, I those are all really good questions. And of course, we went with what's working for us right now. But uh, I think in order for us to to really expand, it takes a little bit of, of test testing out uh, the waters. Uh, so I think the online store currently we've been delivering to all five boroughs of New York City. And it's been doing all right so far, but we have been receiving emails uh, there are Filipinos located in Ohio or Virginia who are currently trying to have us ship these products over to them. And although we don't offer it at the moment, we've slowly collecting uh, a little bit of data uh, in which we can hopefully eventually be able to, to do just that, to be able to ship Filipino products uh, to them. And of course, that we hope that with the new and aspire way that you are doing your business, we can start helping those communities out there. Now, one question I do want to ask is that back in the old time, many of your clients or deliveries really are entitled to office workers or businesses. But now with the shutdown of the business, most people are working from home. How did that impact your view to your business model or how did that impact your business overall? Well, I think it's actually helped our business because it's made the delivery time a lot like it's expanded the the delivery time a little bit more versus to when uh when people had to work in offices they'd be working from maybe a average of a nine to five job the only time we'd be able to deliver to them would range between 6 p.m to about 11 p.m now because they're working from home we're able to deliver to them as as early as 2 p.m. And so I think it's helped us a lot since we've been dealing uh, directly with the consumer. I think you're right. A lot of people have to get back to this normal working schedule. I know a few of my good friends who are working from home that their day really starts afternoon. So mm-hmm. I will assume that right now give you guys a lot more flexibility. But I understand many that to make your business survive even till now when many other didn't, like even Cheesecake Factory, Denny's, or multiple Mm -hmm. restaurants went down. Resilience is really the key. Can you tell me about what are some biggest challenges you have during this time? 
and how did you overcome those? So one of the things I felt like my parents get got right was every morning when we come together as a team, we always started with morning prayers. And it was an opportunity for us to pray for our employees for, for good health, uh, mind, body, and spirit. It was a chance for us to you know, remind them that we are, are here to serve the community. And at the same time, uh, it was a chance for us to thank them, knowing that you know, we wouldn't be here without their support. And so we made sure that our workers were our number one priority. And even if it meant for us to, to sacrifice our, our income a little bit, just to make sure that they were able to you know, support their families, uh, we did just that. We, uh, we kind of, we were, we're always, we've always been a team. And so the teamwork was very important on our end that we suffered together, but then at the same time, we were able to get through this whole pandemic together. And even till now, we're still moving forward with, with all our operations. I think that's very important, especially when you talk about team, to making sure that even though a lot of people out there might be more distant than ever because we all have to be socially distanced, that you guys keep yourself as a team together spiritually with a prayer together. Now, Manny, you are a very busy person that instead of simply just running the grocery stores and the restaurants and expanding your online business market, you also do a lot of initiatives on helping the community out and even continue to run your nonprofit, your chapter for Toastmaster. So tell me about why do you think this is more important than ever to put more dedication to those nonprofits? Yeah, I, I think it's always important to continue to keep learning, right? Like we're always going to experience different setbacks, but I see it more of as an opportunity to learn, to grow, and to try to find ways uh, to, to understand your identity. So each time, you know, I'm faced with these different challenges, I would always ask myself, like, you know, like, who am I? Am I the type of person who will just sit back and and see what happens or will I try to take the initiative to try to figure things out to try to pivot and and find ways to improve uh, I rather try to find ways to improve so that like like it's the reason why I wake up every morning is because I'm responsible for the li livelihood of all of my employees and I need to make sure that I'm always finding ways for our group to improve. And I think that's what makes you very special, man, especially around that people around you can feel your dedication for improvement and they get motivated by it. And I know yeah. that you used to go ahead and organizing a running club, a Dragon Ball Z <laughs> running team, right? How's that working out for you guys so far? Uh, it's been tough to run as a group, especially since they turned, they closed the marathon. Um, they canceled the marathon this year and it was so sad for, for our group because it would have been a first marathon for many of us, but we're still running. We're, we still need to find ways to stay fit. Uh, my group and I are starting to join other, uh, other organizations who are holding all these like outdoor 
boot camp classes and we're continuing to to put health as a priority uh, and we're doing it together virtually so all is well with the dbz runners i see and of course that for many of the listeners who don't know that many is actually also the coach the head coach for the stanton island oh. college tennis team so how's that working out with the school being shut down are you excited oh. that almost opening back up or how's that working out well unfortunately i believe the school has canceled all sporting events uh, for the upcoming semester and school year i believe that they plan to stay in the in the uh, virtual classroom setting uh, so the players that i am still connected with i still keep in contact with them and i noticed that a lot of them are taking on private tennis teaching uh, jobs which is great because at least they're using their skill uh, to help others uh, achieve you know like a become more successful in the tennis world and although the tennis season is is canceled hope we're hoping to be able to still keep in contact with one another and be able to stay fit and healthy and be able to play tennis when uh, we get a chance to so what are other aspirations or project that's currently that you are anticipating <laughs> yeah i I, I guess I've always been the type that doesn't like to be bored. And currently, my wife and I, we have a house here in Queens. So we're currently renovating. And this has been the latest uh, project for me is learning about the house and, and learning how to renovate and pretty much stay organized. But I think that's what it came down to, to be able to do all these things is to just to be organized and to really be able to manage my time uh, more effectively. And that's how I get a chance to do all these things that I enjoy doing. And of course, that many, one of the biggest reasons why I want to invite you back is that there are a few of our listeners who are currently also struggle business owners as well too. So I want to ask you is that if you have a struggle restaurant out there right now, who is almost on the brink of losing the business, what are some advice that you have for them? Because you have went through this route yourself. Well, some advice I would give to some struggling customers is I would start by trying to think about the 80-20 rule. And the 80-20 rule is simply to find what it is that is the 20% of your business that is giving you 80% of of sales. So it would, it would mean for you to try to make your menu a lot smaller and offer the items that you've hopefully been able to collect data on that are your best sellers. So once you have that figured out, then it takes understanding marketing, understanding your target market and being able to reach them on social media and offering deals up, Perhaps you are offering outdoor seating. Uh, now is the time to try to think of ways to capture your audience by, by using social media, uh, by really understanding uh, the products that you sell, and you know just being persistent with, with your work. You know, okay. hopefully you have uh, some customers who 
whom you can reach out with. Uh, perhaps it's via email campaigns or social media uh, by offering deals to get them to come back to, to your store by offering food, like food deliveries through Grubhub and, and Seamless and, or Uber Eats. Uh, hopefully you can set up a good system in which you are able to operate and, and deliver safely to your, to your customers. All right, I think that's a great tip. So basically as I gather, I'm writing down myself too, you're saying that we need to definitely analyze the business looking through 80-20 rules understanding the media sources, and most importantly is using the client-based information you have built up to go ahead and really reach out back to them with all the uses you have, right? Now, for definitely for any other listener out there who demanded me to grab this fan favorite many back, so <laughs> Chef Imperio, what is one last thing or one tips in one word that you have for all our listeners today? 1% better every day. That's always been my mantra from, from the start. I've always been the type when it came to working out, I've had coaches that used to scream at me and say, hey, you got to give it your all. You're going to work really, really hard until you're sore. And what eventually what will happen is you don't end up wanting to go back. So what I discovered 1% better every day is I wanted to make sure that I was consistent with my work, that I'd be able to come back the next day uh, doing something a little bit better each time. In fact, my day starts at 8 p.m. the night before because I've always made it a habit to write down the things that I need to do for the next day, which is just three things, honestly. But uh, my goal was to do everything like gradually rather than how I was doing it in the past uh, in which I would find myself starting something, then stopping something, and then starting something and stopping something. And so if you find yourself, you know, in this routine, hopefully you could break it with this this one rule of 1% better every day. 1% better every day. I think that's a fantastic advice. Now, thank you very much, Manny, for joining our podcast. And of course, uh, I believe with this new episode, you will soon be requested back by our listener again. <laughs> All right. So thank you, thank so you much Kevin. Time, and we appreciate your time. All right. All right. Thank you. All right. I hope everyone enjoyed the interview with Chef Imperio. And it definitely means a lot to hear from someone who really put his heart out there to ensure that the business and also all his worker can continue to live on and to give back to the communities. So here we thank Chef Imperio for his time. And now we have getting a lot of emails and also messages from our listeners of why are we not hosting mailback session anymore. The reality is that we are trying to go ahead and see we can get a special episode just for the mailbacks only. So if you have a question to ask, we definitely encourage you to send in those questions to podcastlifeplusup at gmail.com or just directly DM me on Instagram or social medias. Remember, you can also ask your question by clicking on the voice button if you're using Anchor or Spotify. Now, I look forward to all your questions, and I will see all of you again next Wednesday at Life Plus Up Podcast.
As we're wrapping up this episode, I want to thank and remind all the listeners that in the description you'll be able to find the overview of our contents, the links to positive news and resources, and most importantly, the show notes that I publish on Medium. Our music are being brought by Scott Holmes from scottholmesmusic.com. And if you have a question for my guests or for myself, please email me at podcastlifeplusup at gmail.com or find me on Instagram or simply by clicking on the voice link in the description. If you find this podcast informative and helpful, please follow and subscribe through your favorite podcast platform and share with someone that you really think this can help. If you want to support, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or simply by clicking on the donation button. Now, we'll see you all next Wednesday. Until then, remember, success without fun never lasts. And fun without success is not really too much fun. So let's have a fun and a successful podcast together.